0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Rhino Show podcast today. Today, listen, if you have kids in the room, viewer discretion is advised. But we are going to be talking about some amazing topics. Um, this is something that comes up. We're going to be talking about masculine, feminine, sex, how to have good sex, why you having bad sex, and why the hell you're so fucking scared to talk about sex. It's how we are living. And by the way, hey, listen, if, you're li- if you have a pulse and you are breathing, couple people had to have sex to have you okay that's the reality kate callie welcome back to the show kate what what why, why, why the hell did you come on again kate what the hell's going on here we have you know, to you're, talk you're, about you're, sex this is you're why. you're the this you're the you're excited. The, you're a be back so i want to i just want to open up and ask you like how are you and and this question we talked about this before. It's probably one of the worst questions. I I can't stand it, but I'm I'm legitimately asking how you are because there's no amount of research that I can do that will really kind of help me predict what sort of state you are uh, in in your current life.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm I love working. My kids are good. I'm good. Everything everything's good. I'm honestly excited. You know this. We were just talking about this. I'm honestly excited to talk about sex. I love it. I love because it's it awakens people to something that is inside of them. And there's so much taboo or there's so much armoring around it. And it's such an important topic. If you plan on like living on that edge or fully embodying mm-hmm. your masculinity or your femininity, like this is, this is a part of it. We must mm-hmm. we must go to
0: the, the depths of our roots and, and pull out all of the shadows there. So there's a great there's a great book called Burning the Boats. But it's written by Matt Higgins, and he's he's like a, a guest shark, but he's he's an investor person. Um, and he talks about the edge and, and being a base. And so, you know, if you're an edge in the world, you're you're gonna feel isolated and lonely because I mean, maybe out of ten people you meet, maybe one is an edge, whereas the other nine are bases. You're mm-hmm. an edge. I'm an edge. We were just talking about how 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 do we navigate as somebody who thinks outside of the box and is not follow the herd how, how do you do that in your life to ensure that you know your first of all your brain is not becoming that base where it's getting washed out you're keeping kind of the sanctity of your uniqueness by being an edge how do you maintain that because i feel like in even in my life i have to fight to maintain that i have to set up perimeters oh, i have I to have, have audit I, processes you know what i'm saying like yeah. i gotta i gotta make sure there's some sort of dome around my Ryan universe, so to speak. Oh my
1: God. That's so good. I love that you brought that up because I have never talked about this and I do have to fight every day. Like I put in time and effort and I have boundaries and I have processes and I have meditations and I do so much in my life to continually dig into and expand Mm. who I'm as an edge and who I am as a unique individual. And, you know, part of what we were talking about is like not hanging out with very many people, my inner Mm. circle, really, really small. And that's just one aspect of, you know, maintaining the boundaries around that edge. And I think that's so important. You have to maintain the boundaries. Otherwise, if, if they're blurry boundaries, you can't push it. The more defined those boundaries are of your own edge, then you can really, you can really push up against it. You know?
0: Well, I feel like I get, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's times in the day where I, like, even in the week, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know if it's like, I think I, I, I of course I'm human. I'm very positive. And my outlook and value system is great, but sometimes that, you know, I kind of want to be a dick. And so I just like, like to fuck with people once in a while. And, yeah. you know, I kind of, I know I'm talking to a base, but then I treat them like an edge just to see how they'll like react. And they're, you know, they all do the same thing where they they try to rise to the occasion and then they just get smoked. Yeah. Like I have do you that. ever yeah, like unpack that? Why do we do that? Or is it because we're being rebellious? Is it because we're, you know, it takes a lot of energy to fight and maintain the edge? Or are we doing it because we're just like, you know, today I want to wake up and have a really bad attitude and I just wanna, you know, I just wanna screw with some people.
1: I think it's all about feeling the edge and, you know, we exist, we can draw this into sex. Even we exist in a world of duality. We exist in a world of polarity. There's masculine, there's feminine, there's like good, there's bad, there's light, there's dark. And so if you have an edge, it also means that there, you're going to be able to feel your edge more if you're spewing it onto a base, because it's going to heighten the experience of like, wow, I really am an edge. And then that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 it that experience of knowing and clearly mm. defining it I think that's why we do it and I think we get bored easily
0: uh, yeah I mean I mean it, it is it is the boredom but you're just like how long can you really spend you know talking to yourself like for me I have my wife my wife is an edge my wife is everything but in relationships as we were talking before I mean you know that's not the common a lot of the times you know my wife is my best friend and it's like I don't want to I don't want to fill my life with, um, you know, kind of half relationships to like, you know, some people, for example, it's like if they're not happy with their husband or their partner, like they'll have a girlfriend that's like the humorous one. And then they'll have like another friend that's like the sensitive one. And then they'll have like another friend that's like the organic one. And so like to comprise that ultimate individual that they like as a partner, they got like six different friends happening, which I see a lot. What do you think of that?
1: Um, you know what? I think that people have a fear of loneliness, mm. and that's why they do that. People do not, for some reason, like to be lonely. I actually love being alone, I love loneliness. I actually, mm. it's why I actually love being single.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, I don't often desire to be in partnership unless it was like really, really high caliber. And, and very life giving and all the things, but I think people have a fear of loneliness because when you're lone, when you when you're lonely and you're alone, it forces you to look inward and to really be with yourself. And people don't like themselves. Mm. You know, people don't like that feeling of of being with themselves. They want that external distraction.
0: How do we have good sex? What's good sex?
1: <laughs> How do we have good sex? Um, good sex all comes from polarity. Mm. and play so polarity meaning in any sexual dynamic of two individuals doesn't not matter of the sexes there is one that is masculine and there is one that is feminine and Mm. the more difference there is between the masculine and the feminine Mm
3: -hmm. the
1: hotter the sex is right Mm. and then there's the play and the relaxation because you can't be you can't be guarding
3: Mm.
1: explain what that means if, if we don't know what that means but you can't be guarding you can't be protecting your heart or protecting your genitals whether that be emotionally energetically or physically and expect there to be really good sex it's an edge sex is an edge too it's like an
0: infinite edge. well let's back it up to the feminine the masculine we got a lot of codes we got a lot of code switching in society right now where you know Mm -hmm. dudes are being the feminine women are being the masculine sometimes they don't even know what they're being um sometimes they don't even know what the heck that means and and this is something really I mean for a woman to truly open up I think she has to feel safe, right? Yeah. Uh, there's got to be a level of masculinity that's brought on to her, not toxic, but you know, a lot of women that are truly embracing their feminine, they want a masculine man. Yeah. Hands down, right? You don't want to feel like you're with, I don't know, some pipsqueak, you know, you're just like I'm going to bust this guy up. So
3: right.
0: h- how do we how let's let's talk about masculine feminine. How do we identify if we're kind of coming into that if i'm a woman how do i know i'm kind of truly doubling down on my feminine if i'm a guy how do i truly know i'm doubling down on my masculine
1: right good question generally speaking and it's not always but generally speaking a woman is feminine and a man is masculine obviously uh and then they just have different characteristics like the feminine is is a little bit chaotic even at times it's everything you know the mm. masculine container and the feminine is is everything inside of the container it's all mm. of the emotions at once it's like mm. it's the letting go it's the surrender it's the allowing things to flow through it's the softening. Uh, it's, it's that type of energy. It's the, it's the play. Whereas the masculine is like, you know, even in like a sexual dynamic, he's the, he's the thrusting, he's the erect pole that is unwavering and hard and penetrating and slicing or, you know what I mean? And Mm. the woman anatomically is receptive. She's, Mm. she's opening and softening, which is why safety is so important to feel safe, to fully open She's the the receivership of that, like almost like a single pointed focus. Mm. And so um, at least, you know, how do you know if you're opening up into either pole in a sexual dynamic for a man, you know, are you, and I, I mean, I guess I can say this to you. Sometimes I have to filter my, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to get what I say. No, no, I, no. Say it to uh, me. I don't know. I'm here. You know, how hard can a man get? Like, yes. I've been with men that are deeply in their masculine and you wouldn't know it necessarily from the outside, but it's their, their way of life. It's their conviction Mm. of who they are and they get, they can fuck a long time and they get very, hard. and then there's men that waver or that struggle with, you know, depression or alcoholism and it's kind of holding them back from their purpose and they waver in what is their purpose? What is their drive in Mm. life? And it shows up in their cock because their Mm. cock literally does not get as erect. They're not showing up. Their energy is not fully embodying Mm. their masculinity. So at least that's for a man, right? For a woman, it's, it's really around how much can you open and soften and be the receivership of whatever, pleasures or emotions come through in a sexual experience and just be Mm. open to them, you know, for women, we can, I mean, I guess all people can do this, but to access like this, this undercurrent of pleasure in everything, right. Everything could be pleasurable. even grief. I mean, I've been grieving or loneliness
3: Mm.
1: or in, in anger and I've accessed this undercurrent of pleasure just because, wow, like my container is full with this. Yes emotion. And I, and I love it. It makes me feel whole. It's just another of the human experience.
0: But don't you think that vulnerability will drive the experience even, even further, more, more richer on all aspects? Cause you know, especially on the guys thing, I mean, you see a lot, you still see a lot of guys out there that are, they're, they're trying to pretend like they're masculine. Like they're trying to show up and, and, and do the biceps and make sure that, you know, the body's right when they're getting smoked mentally. They're just getting Mm -hmm. smoked. Right. So we see this all the time. You as a woman, can you, can you identify a guy that you're like, yo, you're trying hard, man. You're trying way too hard. Like this is, this is, I'm not, I'm not feeling the real strength here. You got, you got a little facade mask happening here.
1: Yeah. It does actually show up that way. I'm trying to reference an example, like people, sometimes that push it really, really hard in the gym, they're building up that masculine exterior and it's, Mm. Overcompensation because yes. true masculinity is not biceps.
0: Yes. Oh no, no, absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I think true masculinity is watching Lion King with your daughter. You know, yeah. you, oh, know? No, you, you, so you know, no, you you know what I'm you know what I'm saying though? Like it's I I mean, I think the more a man is in touch with his emotion, the, the more masculinity that's gonna show. You know, I just I, you know, being a man, being a man myself, you know, especially, you know, you're coming up in the sports arena, you see a lot mm-hmm. of stuff when you start playing sports and you, you're seeing other dudes and stuff like that. And you sit down and have conversations. And for me growing up, I, I always reverted. I don't want to sit at the table with the dudes. I always wanted to go to the women because I felt like the dude conversation a lot of the time was this superficial garbage. And for me, I was raised by a woman. So I'm very grounded um, in my emotion. And that's why, you know, I refer to myself as a savage servant. Because I'm a beast and I'm very confident on that. But that doesn't mean I have to like publicly go out and display it. I feel, I don't know, my confidence in my, like my confidence is just not affected by those opinions around me. I really don't give a shit. My confidence for me is just grounded in who I am. So I have to have those conversations um, with myself. And I feel like I remember when I used to date a lot of women, and I think maybe that maybe because I felt like they didn't know themselves, or they let's call it their edge was taken out by all the bases that they had dated before, they right. would always lead with their physical. And for me, it was the biggest turnoff. Because I'm like, if you can't make love to my mind, we're never gonna fuck from behind. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Right? Like yeah. you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to you have to dominate me in my mind. And right. so I felt that's how I always was. Do you think that's typical, or weird, or or all the above? Because I've had lots of conversations around this.
1: <clears throat> no, I don't. I think that that's truly what men want. Is they want to? They want. I mean, all people, right? We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be loved in all of our places, not just. Physically, but for a man that's maybe a base for a man that's maybe not in touch with his emotions or not mm. really in touch with his edge or in touch with himself, he's gonna follow this common rhetoric and narrative of like, well, mm. I just want to be fucked, right? And of course, mm. there is a truth to that, mm. right? A man does want to be fucked, right? There's a truth to that. And then there's all these other flavors of truth that you can really only access if you are listening to your emotions. And it, and I wanna say, cause I know, you know, this, but maybe listeners don't know this for a man to be in touch with his emotions is not feminine, but when he chooses to express his vulnerability, that determines the amount of safety that he's going to create for a woman or for a partner, because just because you're feeling something in every moment, you don't, you don't always be in your vulnerability. It's about knowing like, Hey, I have an emotion coming through Mm. I understand that all emotions have unmet needs, boundaries, desires underneath it. I understand what it's trying to communicate to me. Is this a good time? Right? Yes. Is this a good time to speak that and to bring that onto the table? And as a man, as a, as this pillar erect, hard man, it's your responsibility to know when it's useful and when it's not useful. Ah. It's not useful, you don't repress it and shove it down but you hold it, you hold it in stillness and you alchemize it yourself. And then, do you see what I mean? There's a difference, but it's probably, you know, I know I'm going on a tangent, but it's probably one of the reasons why you've been able to be as confident and you can derive that, like, I don't fucking care what other people think because you're in touch with your emotions. Emotions are not bad. They give you information about, like I said, Unmet needs, repressed truths, repressed desires, and boundaries. And if mm. you don't know those three things, then you don't know who the fuck you are. And then you're subscribing to whatever unconscious narrative is in the world. And then that's when you turn into that robot. And then you're very unfuckable.
0: <laughs> mm. well, you know. you know, we had we had the the lead FBI hostage negotiator on and and what a what a masterclass in in psychology. And so he talks yeah. a lot about tactical Chris empathy. Chris Voss, yes. Yes. We just, re- we just released, yeah, we just released that yesterday and you know, tactical empathy is amazing. But then you think about it and I'm like, how, like, cause I always think I'm like, how do I, you know, if I really want to get the most out of people, there's gotta be tactical vulnerability, right? Yes. Like, there's no way I'm going to get from you if I'm not willing to give myself. And so even in the marketing, in the entrepreneurship realm, Nike, former chief marketing officer, Greg Hoffman, he was on the show too. He said Nike is such a massive brand because what they did was they weren't scared to go someplace first, get mm-hmm. a nice warm and cozy, and then extend the invitation back to the customer to say, hey, come on over. But nobody's just going to come into the gauntlet okay. until they feel safe to do so, or there's some sort of, you know, pre kind of written path there, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think it's people think that humans are logical and we're not, we're driven by two things, pain and pleasure, unless you've really transcended some kind of free will, and then you can kind of play in that realm. But most people will respond to move away from pain and toward pleasure. And then a mm-hmm. fraction of a second later, they basically their human part of your brain attaches some kind of logical reason to it. And none of it is logical You know, so like you were saying, if it doesn't feel safe, they're not going to enter because Mm. they're not, they're not good. They're animal body. We're all animals. They're not going to inherently move towards something that is Mm. not
0: safe. and It's
1: not going to happen.
0: But if you really want to see who somebody is there's got to be an element that they can either express their pain to you or you can pull out their pain. Because I mean, most change, most change comes from pain. I mean, you're never going to make a change in your life until it gets right. truly painful enough to make that change. Right. You study the greats and you reverse engineer their history. It yeah. all started with trauma and pain. That's why, like, for me, I always say like, if you went through anything, trauma at a young age and you know, and you can work through that and use that as rocket fuel, you're fucking unstoppable because there's just something that's deep rooted there that you're just gonna smoke the next person.
1: Yeah. Pain is they say that pain Whoop. is seven times more oh. powerful than pleasure. Oh. And it's hardwired into us because if you're if you're in like a jungle and um and you have like your favorite chocolate cake off to one side and you're about to go eat it because like yummy and pleasurable yes. or or even like you know, talking about sex, like the most the the all of your fantasies of sex off to the side and chocolate cake, yes. and a tiger jumps out at you from the other side, you're not even gonna have to think. You're gonna run. You're gonna yes. be motivated far more by the pain of fear than by the enticing pleasure. And so, knowing that and knowing that we can derive forward movement from pain is really, really
0: useful. But if I get you crying, if you start crying and we, we're talking and you start crying, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is the best. Cause I know, I know there's got, Oh, it it went from surface to like, there's some vulnerability. Now what I, what I find that happens if you're an edge, cause we're talking about the edge and base. If you're an edge and you get a base to cry, the Mm -hmm. bait you, this is, this is what I've seen. Mm -hmm. I think there's a one in kind of two shot, like a 50% chance that they're going to come closer to you or you've, you will never talk to that person ever again. They will run so hard so fast no matter how much street cred you got built up with them prior to this event that's it but if you get that with an edge the edge is almost like looking at you like i'm fucking intrigued by you yeah yeah whoa whoa we might have to exchange some numbers you're gonna be you might become a some somewhat of a friend ah because somebody can get into me that much i'm like whoa 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 Right. What, what happened there? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now it's almost like this. There's a form of seduction for me. I'll be honest. I'm like, what the fuck? Most people I'm like, Oh God, I I don't even remember you 16 minutes after we talked. Oh, right. Now I'm like, how did this person penetrate my, my bubble?
1: I know. And I love me
0: more. And it's not manipulative. And I, I, that's the caveat. It cannot, I cannot feel like they're trying to manipulate me, but they're genuinely just very, very good at like, well, they have a high high degree of emotional intelligence. I guess is what it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have I have a couple of stories. One, the guy that I'm dating right now. It, that, that I mean, that is probably the only reason that I'm dating him. That is the top reason because somehow mm. he can he can he can get in there and he can touch things in me that like outside of excuse me outside of a relationship I wouldn't okay. have been able.
0: To ah, okay. So let me go. I, I want to I put this question in then because this is something okay. I want to talk about. There's a difference between sexual compatibility and relationship compatibility. Meaning, right. hey, we, we can have a great relationship together, but are we having great sex? Yeah. How, how do we work that? How do we work that out? Because you see that all the time. People are like, man, I have great sex with this person, but I can't stand them. We're never going to build an empire together. And then some people are like, I have an amazing relationship with this person and I can build a whole empire, but they just don't get me off.
1: I think you need both i mean i wouldn't settle for anything other than both
0: what's the divorce rate roughly do you think do you know what's the divorce rate oh i have no I mean, idea like a lot I'm, i mean it was at least 50 percent when i when i seen it it's probably probably more so yeah. even a little higher right
1: it is and i know that the numbers are kind of skewed i think it is higher than 50 percent now because once you get a divorce once you're far more likely to get a divorce again and and so some there's different ways
0: of measuring it and
1: i don't know to be honest
0: well, are we are we supposed to have one partner one sexual partner our whole life do you think we're built for the, for one sexual partner honestly
1: I, I don't know and I have questioned this because I do remember when I got my divorce that was like the first thing like I remember sitting on the couch with him and being like okay so this is done and then I think I spoke it out loud I was like first of all I'm never fucking getting married again you know yeah yeah and second of all I don't know if we're meant to be with one person. I don't, I don't know. Here's, here's what I now, think. Now, when you
0: say married again, I will never get married again. Do you mean soulfully or legally?
1: Legally. You know what I mean? okay. legally. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to, and honestly, I might get married again. So like, <laughs> I say that now, but like,
0: you know, <laughs> Disclaimer. when
1: I fall in love, I'm a whole thing, you know? It's I know.
0: Like, oh, I know. I can tell.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, but I do mean legally, but here's where I'm at with it is biologically. I don't think, and I'm not hundred percent certain about this. So then that's the disclaimer biologically. Yeah. I don't think that we are meant to be with one person forever, but yeah. spiritually, evolutionarily, emotionally, there's great value in being with one person. Cause you can get so, if you have this growth mindset, yeah. you can get so deep with that one person and yes. you'll able to see mirrored back to you things inside of you that either being alone or with multiple partners would never be able to provide you with so
0: i like that so sexual compatibility versus relationship compatibility the person you're dating you're saying hey this person has the ability to penetrate my mind oh yeah which is one of the only reasons that i think i'm even dating so are you now approaching this with the notion that you're getting you're getting your EQ turned on. I, it, how I mean, how are you approaching this? Because I think was. a lot of women do this. How are you approaching this? How how am I approaching it? In what way? Like in in my life. The first way. The first way that came to mind when I asked you the question.
1: Um, I mean, I'm approaching it in a way of like, there is, there is both there. Right. So he can be, he can see things and mirror back things to me that nobody has ever been able to. And that alone is like, all right. Okay. So let me get on my knees now. <laughs> like, yes. Literally. I yes. am worse you <laughs> because what the fuck, but there's also, there is this sexual compatibility, but one of the conversations that we're having and that I've journaled a lot about is like, I, it's hard to put into words, but it's almost like it's difficult for me personally to really worship a man and also worship my spirituality or the divine or God at the same time. Mm. When, I'm, when I'm alone, my worship as a feminine, like as a feminine being, my worship and like what I pour into and what I surrender into is to something far greater and call it God, call it whatever you want, you know, whatever mm. words you put on that. And that relationship that I had to something greater it's the best thing ever. I mean, and mm. there's, nothing, there's nothing better than that. So I struggle when I date somebody that I really like, you know, and that I really love. And I start pouring into that. It's like I have to, it feels like I have to pour out of the other cup and I struggle mm. with, with that boundary.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: So that's, and I don't know what to do with that. I'm still working through it, but that's just a little bit of my personal
0: life of what I'm going through. I wonder why you struggle with that. Like, I wonder, I wonder why, because I guess that very you saying that, I guess, is subconsciously saying you put value into both.
1: I do. Yeah, I put value and I and I want both. But I can tell you with certainty the level that I'm at right now. And I think it's just a level. I'm way happier when all of my all of my eggs go into the basket of like, let me actually be of service to something greater and pour all of my energy into that. Direction. Well,
0: you don't, but you don't, you don't really come like to, like, you're not, I don't find you like aggressive. You know, like, I don't, I think like it's, it's, it's interesting because even, even when I've talked to you or like you can tell a lot about even basic communication, like even text wise, like if, if you, if you're messaged, like you love to receive. So then mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll reply back, but you're not really like out there proactive, like, yo, how's it going? right
1: yeah no I'm not but then not. there's
0: that but then there's and and even in your social media you can see that too because you barely respond to people's comments right yeah. so then you kind of like put this out there and you're like well we'll see what it catches and mm-hmm. then if it catches then I'll kind of go through my little audit system right yeah. I think there's a degree where it's purposeful and then I think there's a degree where you're just scared shitless at the end of the day because I think that mm-hmm. there's a fail safe button that you have deep down in yourself where I think you realize because I think you're somebody that has a hard time like you don't, I I mean, I mean I'll mean, i I'll go out on a limb and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're somebody that I don't just, I, there's no way you're ever going to find balance. I think you're, <laughs> I just feel like you're somebody that's not meant to have balance. I think you have, I think you're meant to have integration.
3: Right, meaning, right.
0: Meaning that, you know, you're some days, yeah, of course you're gonna have some balance, but I, I not, by balance, I don't mean you're crazy and you're off the cuff or you still have responsibilities and stuff, but I just mean, your whole being, the like you can't you can't moderate or govern that level of passion, self-awareness, and EQ. You cannot like legalize that in the sense of like regulating it. It's like a, a beautiful gift that's given. And that's why people really successful people, they're like, I'm obsessed. Like I'm obsessed with what I do. Like I'm obsessed. Like, there's no you can't be the best in the world It's something without being fucking obsessed. And if you're obsessed with that thing, there's no fucking balance
1: yeah no i i agree and i'm, right? I'm obsessed with what i do
0: right so you deep down because you're emotionally intelligent tell yourself i think you spend a lot of time telling yourself let's get balance." and then the other person's like yo you, you know this is never going to happen so why do we keep going back to that instead of wrapping our life around integration rather than balance right <laughs> to me i feel like i release myself on my end because i was always like ryan why are you so crazy? Like, why could you go in your office? And like, nobody hears from you for 72 hours. Like you're a fucking nut job in the lab, creating your magic work. And then down the road, you get 10 years later and you're like, I'm 20 years ahead of most people, my age Yeah. on all fronts. How did that happen? And then you start really like understanding and studying yourself of like why you did all those things and then how your personality came into it. And I think that to me is honestly a form of self-love.
1: Yeah, because it's listening to that deeper intuition, which
0: is huge self-love. Because if you're not doing that, then it's self-abandonment. Like the like the whole thing for me, like when I hear those words, let's take our time, it scares the shit out of me. Time? Yeah. Do you not know we're like, on we the sixth essential clock? Time. <laughs> like um, time? Have you not seen how fast time goes? Like mm. I have such a respect for time. You know, and and you're right, God, spirit, whatever you believe in. But I'm like, yo, there's somebody out there that I know they can smoke me in a, a second if they really want. So you better show up humble, bro. Like, Yeah. Right? And that's where the respect comes in. What do you think? You got a fail safe? You balanced, Kate? You want no. To balance?
1: I, I, you know what I think it is? It's going, to like,
0: going to Bali? Go to Bali?
1: Come on, man. I'm going. I'm going somewhere. And I, it's the... I actually, balance is never something that I've intrinsically desired. Like when Mm. I go through my core values, when I sit down and meditate, when I think about what I really want, what's that burning desire in me, uh, balance has never come up. Even peace doesn't come up. I Mm. don't, I value other things far beyond that. And I'm a full-time single mom of two young kids. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that trips me the fuck up. That makes me feel very human. That makes me feel very like, Okay, like and there's this routine that I go through every day of like cooking and cleaning and making in with the schools and the teachers and the things and that. There's this there's this balance that I feel biologically programmed and committed to provide for them, but it's actually against what is my my well
0: because we have a saying we got to master our mundane, but don't let it make us go insane. Yeah, well, that would be
1: great. That would work for my life. Yeah.
0: Right. Cause you got, cause that's where you're saying, Hey, I want to go crazy and I want to do all these things, but there's still a degree of responsibility and mundane. That's where people like I feel like who've gotten the success that they really wanted, they figured out a way to be Einstein, but then also master their mundane. And that's not easy. Like, it's you know, it's the
1: biggest you, challenge in my life.
0: Yeah. And we talked about I this before. i
1: handle all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I'm talking, it's like those little life uh disruptions like you know yeah so we paid that bill that did you do that no school calls yeah you know like timmy's just like his pants got like mud on it you're like i'm trying to conquer the world right now i do not have fucking time to put brown sugar on oatmeal like what is going on like hello universe do you not see how like i have these uh, do you not see how like i'm trying to master my fucking world right now you're trying to hit me with some bullshit
1: I can't deal with this shit. No, my daughter, <laughs> unlaced her all, her boots, she unlaced her boots. And I'm sitting there this morning, like, and I looked at her and I'm like, do you realize what I'm doing in the world? I don't have time to do this shoelace shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can never <laughs> do this again. You have to respect my time. And sometimes like, you know, I can get a little bit like cuckoo pants like that with my kids, where like I, when I'm really in flow of, mm. of who I am sovereign beings, you know, sometimes my kids look at me and they're like, oh, I don't, this isn't mom. This is like,
0: <laughs> this is, this is the different, this is the alter ego.
1: <laughs> this is the alter ego. This is someone else, but I, I, you know, so it is, it's the integrating the alter ego, which I, which I do and I have done, but it's a constant daily effort.
0: So let's unpack that though. So you have women out there right now mm-hmm. that are so, okay. So I, most of my coaching clients, they're females. And so, so what I see here, this is amazing. So there's Because I really try to study this and I'm like, okay, wait a sec. Because I know to be effective in what I'm doing for them, I need to really understand what their problem is and figure out the best, you know, kind of solution or game plan to get them on their way. And what I find is the more higher achieving they are, so again, you know, if they're like a business owner, doctor, lawyer, you name it, it's crazy because on one side of their life, they're just like, I'm killing it. I'm going to smoke you, you're done. And then they're just like, on the other end, they're like, but i'm not like i'm not i don't feel like i'm getting off i don't feel like i'm like huh like i got some needs that are not being met and mm-hmm. what i find is that there's difference let's assume that they're married they raise kids or mm-hmm. sometimes they're like nope didn't have kids you know was career oriented or single mom you know mm-hmm. grinded it out doing their thing but they kind of all meet at this intersection which is interesting in and it's always this well, yeah, I, I know on one aspect of this, but I really want to have like impact in my life. And you see this kind of like transformation thing that they're going through um, mm-hmm. where they're like, yo, Ryan, I got it all. I got a great husband, responsive. I got great kids, great career. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to have sex with other people, you yeah. know, like craziness. And they and they struggle with it, you know, and we're talking go- their minds going to dark places, dark thoughts like How do we help them? How do we how do we get them to like, okay, just stop the brakes? Let's 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 unpack this a bit.
1: Yeah. I don't think it can be this or that. Like I don't think you can can if you have that natural sex drive and you're aware of it, you cannot put a stop to it and expect to be fulfilled in your life at the same time. So my sexual health is like up here, like on priorities list. It's up here. Like and and I really really mean that, and I don't waver in that. And I get like I mean work turns me on, life turns me on, being alone turns me on. Like I've infiltrated my turn on into everything to the point where like if I'm really in a workflow, I get so turned on that like I can't function sometimes. But I've allowed that level of turn on to enter my life and to then to hold space for that level of desire. Where's the release
0: up- though? Where's the release? Work. Like, where's the, where's the release or where's the backup? Like, otherwise you get backed up.
1: No, no, I never get backed up.
0: No, I can release.
1: Well, there's different forms of release, but this is like this common, like we build it and then we must release it or you can build it and I can sit at my work desk Mm. and I can, and I can channel that desire because sex energy, like that turn on, it's just desire. Yes. It's it's creative potential. So if yes. you can learn how to channel that creative potential into your work or mm. into your kids or into your home or whatever it is that you want a lot, you can use that energy and then it just makes you feel better and better. It's like, you know, I was telling the guy that I'm dating the other day. I was like, I could just, I don't even need food. Like I could just eat our sex mm. <laughs> because it fuels me because it, mm. it, it creates this, this energy that like, that I live off of. It's like you're,
0: but, but you're ultimately releasing it. Like you're, you're, you're channeling it, but then you're like, well, I have to have sex.
1: Well, and then I'll choose. Yeah. And then I'll choose to release it, you know, whether alone or with people or whatever. What?
0: But what about the, what about the women that are channeling it? And they're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not like, I'm not having sex. Like, and when I do, this is not, this is not Saturday. satisfying me.
1: Spend mm-hmm. an hour every day with your vagina. Like, true literally
0: have have you heard heard. of the there's a doctor he's coming on guy i can't remember his last name for life me but you probably have if you google him he's he's known as the vagina whisperer but he's a gynecologist that's he's kind of like a celebrity doctor out in new york and so he's talking have you ever heard of that was sex with emily doctor sex with emily yeah yeah i follow her on instagram yeah right so she's she does a lot of stuff with him and so he's he he's really big on the education of, of a woman's vagina and so i came across this guy's page and i'm like Whoa, like at first, I was like, Whoa, okay, whoa, this is getting whoa. Just he's just normalizing the whole thing. He's got diagrams, he's just talking casually. He's like, Well, I'm known as the vagina whisperer. So he's going through this up, but he's like, Most women that I like, a lot of women that I that come across, they sometimes they don't even know their own body, like they have no understanding no. of what that means for them. And he's like, So let's break this down. And I mean, that's kind of going to your point of, Well, you know, become friends with your honey bunny.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's not only do women not know their vaginas, but they also are armored around their vaginas. And so maybe they have sex and it doesn't feel good or there's numbness or there's pain, right? So these are all things where it's like, then it it turns into frustration because you have this desire, but the needs aren't even close to being met, whether you're Mm. masturbating alone or you're with a partner. You know, and then, and then that turns into sexual frustration, which that's not pleasurable or fun for anyone. And then you're just not fulfilled in your life. So, um, so yeah, there's, it's because we're animals (laughs) and we're biologically driven to procreate not incorporating for a man or a woman, not incorporating sex energy into your life in some capacity. Is it's an act of self hate, I think. Like, I'm going to be bold and say that. I think it's complete self abandonment. And I think it's self hate because you're denying a biological aspect of your
0: truth. Well, and you you look at anytime there's like, it's crazy to me how anytime still the sex subject brings up, it's like people will comment on the dumbest shit, you know, and you'll see the comments. And in the moment, does the word sex is brought up? Like, tell me a question. They're like, like, whole, like crickets. Like right. everybody's quiet to the point where they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I seen that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So like, what do you think about that? Well, I seen it. we have seen it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. whoa. Okay. Like, and you want to elaborate on that? Do I have to ask them like, did that trigger you? Like what the fuck happened here? Right. I want to, I want, I, I wanted to do this this show with you today. Cause I'm just like, we're getting to the good shit. Like sex has to be talked about, right? Multiple <laughs> partners, th- things like this. So seeing your partner, if you're, if your partner's getting off, they say that you should, you should be getting, you should get off by seeing your partner get off. You I
1: think so? I don't subscribe to any shoulds.
0: No?
3: I think, Kate, what do lot,
1: you think? I think a lot of our sexual preferences and fantasies are formed early on in childhood. And a lot of them, are shadowy meaning Mm -hmm. a lot of them are like they're they kind of get funneled into like this fucked up thing happened you know relative maybe it's low level fucked up or high level fucked up thing happened to me i was out of control of it and that gets funneled into like the body wants to actually heal that fucked up thing wants to gain performance relative to it. And that can sometimes get channeled into, and now I have this sexual desire or this fantasy that because maybe it's taboo or whatever, I need to repress and push down. And then that's what numbs the vagina or, right. There's many different ways this can happen, but I don't believe in shoulds. I believe in you listening to your body and being authentic about what, turns you on because that's mm. the what allows that life force energy and that sex energy, that creative potential to like enter your body. And how can you take ownership of that and express it in a healthy way?
0: So where does sex start then? You know, how they say, Hey, today already started yesterday when you went to bed. Like a lot of people say, Hey, my nighttime routine already set me up for the next day. Where does good sex start?
1: Good sex starts in one being connected to your body. That's okay. like, I would say that's where it starts. You can't be having good sex and not be in your body. If you're in mm. your, especially while you're having sex, that's not good sex. That's not as good as it could be.
0: Mm. You have to be. So do, in you, your body. So do you think, um, I mean, why did like, you, you look at a lot of people that are almost toxic for each other, like in every other aspect of their relationship, they're rude. They don't get along and then they'll right. just connect so hard over sex right how how do you think this is possible like you see it all the time so it's like yo we have the best sex but we hate each other oh, basically yeah. well,
1: i have a theory i have a theory about this my theory is that The people that are toxic for us, but that there's really good sex and like that really hot, intense chemistry, it's because there is a polarity or a toxic or duality dynamic within us that we're actually trying to play out with a partner. So Mm. the partner is mirroring the toxicity and we're trying to heal that toxicity, which is programmed from the past, probably your parents. This is like some Freudian shit, but most Mm of the time it's parents. That kind of because of their way of being, have these programs get instilled in us. And then we try to work it out. And so because there's a part of our neurology and a part of our our spiritual self, maybe that is hyper obsessed with finding wholeness and completion, we seek out partners to have that completion. Mm. And so they complete that toxicity, we become addicted to them. And so the, the sex is so good, not necessarily because there's compatibility or there's even true love there. That's Mm. usually love. People think that that's love. That's not fucking love.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's not love.
1: That is addiction. That is like I have this hole inside of me that was created early in childhood, and when this person, when I'm close to them, as close as two people can possibly get in sex, I feel whole and complete, and I think that that's love. And then when that person goes away, when the fights happen, then you're devoid of that wholeness and you really just seek wholeness. And we could, we could backtrack that. And, you know, if you remove that person from your life and then you're aware of where that unwholeness is inside of you, and then you work on healing that, that's, that's that self-love is turning towards your darkness and saying no to toxicity outside of you and being alone in that and healing it, putting in the work. So that you can call in a healthier partnership.
0: Can theory. males and can males and female can men and women be friends without having sexual energy? You think? Um. The whole, the whole classic case of like, yeah, your best friends of the opposite sex. It's like, oh, that's interesting.
3: I don't Tell know. Tell me more.
1: I had two two of my best friends in high school were males, and I loved them, but I would also make out with them.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> so, see. So I don't.
2: Know. <laughs>
1: And I wasn't attracted to them. It would just be sometimes at night we would make out.
0: Yeah. You know, do you, do you you compartmental, like, do you always attach emotion to sex or do you, or does it depend on the situation? Can you, can you detach it and say like, this is just going to be a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. But we'll still still go out for lunch next week. You know, like business as usual.
1: So I, I've dated someone for three years and, and it's, we have great sex, Mm. like really, really, really great sex. We don't, but it's not like we don't text all the time. We don't text ever really. It's just like once in a while we're like, oh, Hey, let's hang out. And we go on a fabulous date and we have fun. And it's like, Mm. um, we, we connect really deeply Mm. and then we have really great sex. And like, that's our whole relationship. Um, but I, but I'm trying to reference that because no, there's totally emotion involved in it, but for some reason. I can detach from it afterwards.
0: Mm, Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So, and is that because is that is that because the person hasn't hit you mentally enough, or dove into you enough? Because I you seem like somebody that the more somebody dives into you, the more there'd be somewhat of a an attachment there.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't get attached from just sex. I have to get mentally, the mental, the spiritual, the like. They have to be really on point in. Certain aspects of that. What's so the maybe, what's the one
0: ask? What's the one thing that people can do to to seduce Kate Kelly? What's the one thing you're like, yo, like this is a, a sure sign. This is, you know, you're definitely going to get, you know, my ears listening. Like, what's one thing where you're like, whoa, this person's doing that? Whoa, 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 you know, like, oh, right. wait a sec.
1: I won't give you my whole checklist. No, no, no! Don't do that no because you know when i was first learning about checklists in a in neurolinguistic programming class i was with somebody and the teacher had asked okay ask the person um you know basically pull out their checklist of what they look for in a potential mate and you'll notice that even as you're speaking it and then if you repeat it back to them that person will get turned on and i was with a man that i was not attracted to but he was very attracted to me i could tell and i remember thinking i don't want him to have this information so i made up my checklist and when he repeated it to me it had no effect over me interesting it, yeah and there are ways to derive people's checklists and that is a lot of body language i have a free body language and face reading class you'll you can yes even just that free class you can read someone very very well and derive. do you them. think
0: everybody has a checklist
1: Yes. Everyone has a subconscious checklist. Most people aren't aware of it, but if you have the body language knowledge, you can be aware of it for them and then you mirror it back to them and they can't not be
0: turned on. But I think because- that's, see, I feel like when I deal with people though, I like, I will go in with like, not like armor, but like almost just a way of like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Not, like not being a natural But, you know, you're just like you're 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 kind of calculated to a degree where I'm like, you know, I I just want to make sure that this person's neutral. Like I almost kind of go in with saying how I want that interaction to go, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot of control that happens on that because then I feel like my vibe will subconsciously already bring that to the table. But if I want somebody to open up, then I might go into that saying like, okay, you know, be very curious, ask them lots of questions. But yeah, I mean, body language. I totally agree with you on it. It's something that I have to say though. Like, I don't probably subconsciously I pay attention to, but it's the yeah, one thing. Like, even even we're talking to Chris Voss. I mean, that guy's got it like he's FBI hostage negotiator. He's got to be like a pro in body language, right? Yeah. And so his thing is, hey man, you know the low DJ, uh, you know, D, you know, DJ voice, low inflection. Hey, yeah. what's going on, man? What's up? You know, he's just you know, and you're you can see that, right? Which is very disarming. Right. But talking to him, you're just like. Interesting, like you don't. Yeah, it, it really would hit you just talking to the normal guy on the passing by on the street, you know, hey, man, how's they going? Right. But to me, that's dangerous. Like those people are are dangerous because they're disarming. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, I think. And I think what you're speaking to, like if you are you I know you're having trouble putting words to it, like around being guarded or maybe more calculated, you also have. Your nervous system, your sense of self is very secure. So there's yes. hierarchical nervous systems when people, any humans get together, the nervous systems, literally your neurology, like all those little wirings inside of you, will start to operate in hierarchy. Which nervous system mm, mm. is more confident? which Mm. nervous system is higher and whichever, whichever one wins out, this person will be their nervous system will become somewhat submissive to this person's nervous system. Mm. So really if you want to make an impact in conversations and persuasion in the world, having a nervous system that is unwavering is really important. Otherwise, if someone's state is higher, your nervous system is going to naturally
0: fall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. No, true. What's going on in the world. You think what, what are we seeing in the world here we're seeing women that are becoming yeah. very more and more comfortable being alone not that they want to be but they are totally okay with it you're seeing a lot of people saying i'm not going to settle for an almost partner i'd rather be alone i'll figure out how to have kids on my own um right. you're seeing a lot of women not needing men for the historical reasons like money or anything like that fully right. self-sufficient got their own place own money own everything a lot of times they're earning more than their men anyway um this is becoming normal um guys in some senses you can see that they're becoming not persecuted but they're the whole toxic masculinity thing um they're kind of you know hey i don't want to come across this way or don't want to come across that way then you're seeing them kind of deep rooted in how they're being raised now where you know it's kind of a shit show like what do you think
1: it is a little bit of a shit show. It feels like if we were to take a bigger perspective, it feels like there's there's something out of balance. And generally, when something comes out of balance, obviously in some amount of years, it will come back into balance. But when it does come back into balance, it'll actually be a stronger foundation. Yes. As the foundation, let's say, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago of masculine feminine roles. It's sure it there was there was, you know, there was truth to it, right? The Mm -hmm. man is the provider and you know, the woman. And I'm not saying women, I'm not saying women need to stay home and like cook and clean, but there is some kind of biological truth to it. Was that the highest expression of it? Absolutely not. And Mm -hmm. so I think what's happening is like it was kind of a weak foundation and now it's shifted so that it can slingshot back up into something that is hopefully more, more secure and beneficial for both men and women. But yeah, right now it is a shit show and it is confusing and it is like, there's so many things being reorientated. And, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of women that I know that are like, that will tell me like, wow, you know, I'll just, I'll live vicariously through you, Kate, because you date all the time and it sounds so great. And I'm like, well, you could be doing this too. And, but for some reason they're not. (laughs)
0: yeah okay well why though like what's 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 the fear of dating you're assuming they're single right they're single people single people but they Mm -hmm. don't date no interesting i wonder why um i don't
1: know i think there's a lot of fear i think that's actually what it is i think it's like a i'm not as maybe they're not as connected to that part of them that has that authentic need for uh you know, sex and, and mm. partner connection and intimacy. Cause it's not just sex, right? It's the intimacy. And that's really what I crave. I actually crave the intimacy that you, that particular flavor of intimacy that comes
0: well, through. Well, my wife and I have this conversation all the time. And I'm like, part of the reason I married my wife was she just de- seduced me. I mean, yeah. only when she actually seduced me. I mean, I didn't yeah. even know what was happening as it was happening. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And now like you meet a lot of women like, Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> where the, yo what's up man like whoa I'm like where's the sexy like where's that sexiness you know like yeah. even me I'm like I cream my hands thread or wax my eyebrows right. put on good cologne you know I like I want this element of like you know like where's that at and now women just like yo what's up man like yeah cool yeah, yeah, like I got that tool you know I'm gonna go to the garage I'm like I don't even to go to the garage like what's going on you know like okay. where like What's happening? Like, do you, I find the degree of, like, sexy. Like, when you meet a woman that's, like, true sexy. Yeah. Like, even my wife's like, yo, she's got, like, a whole aura around her. Wow. Like, wow. And we're talking not, I don't mean slutty. I don't mean anything crazy like that. I mean, sexy. Just this level of, like, holy, you've arrived. Hello. What do you think?
1: I think, I think that there's, um. It happened. I'll tell you how it happens to men and to women, because with women, it's being cut off. They're not they're not in their body down to their vagina, down to 100
0: percent.
1: You can't be sexy and and not be connected to your vagina. That doesn't happen. Being sexy means that you're in touch with sex energy. And then the way it shows up for men is that they're also sometimes not in their sex energy, which is not sexy, which means that they're operating from just <laughs> their heart or their head. And just that's their biceps.
0: Not how- just their biceps. It's so true. Just though. Their yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but here, but it's but it is like so men that are men that are really in their head that are like, oh, I can't you know, I can't approach a woman. I can't come on too strong. I can't be in my sex energy, you know, me too movement. I'm afraid of, you know, what's going to happen. Mm. They end up not getting fucked because that's not hot. So, mm. and then same thing with women when they're not connected to their vagina, to their root sex energy, they can't access their sexual energy. And oh. so you're not, you can't seduce somebody if you're not connected to that.
0: Well, there's almost this barrier of uh, straight up awkwardness, you know by both parties and you're like what's like what's happening here right um should we should we lead follow like what do you think how do we date in 2023 how do so, we so how the fuck you- do we date i've been I've been dated for 10 years eleven years so yeah oh okay. I'm, I'm out
1: so I'm at a I'm at a coffee shop the other day oh like, I work at a coffee shop sometimes and I see okay. the 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 hottest guy And like, I see him checking me out, right? And I'm like, there's no way that this man is ever gonna come talk to me because men don't do that. And I'm gonna tell you this because I know you have a lot of women followers. Women fuck up here. Women think that a man should always be approaching them. And so they wait for it. And they maybe even get off, give off these like subtle cues and clues that they want that. But men are usually one, not perceptive to the subtleties. Unless oh, you're so flexing your them They're like, Oh, I won't approach them because they're afraid. They're afraid of getting shut down. They're afraid of coming on too strong. They're afraid of being like, what the fuck, you know, what are you doing? So mm. respectful men, which is a great quality to have will not approach a woman. Mm. So I know this and I really want this guy. I really wanted this guy to come talk to me. And so I just made up an excuse to go talk to him. I was like, I left my computer at the table and I walked up to him and I was like, um I have to use the bathroom will you make sure no one steals my computer and I went to the bathroom and I didn't pee I just stood there and I waited a couple of minutes I didn't even sit down I just like I don't know went on Instagram or something and I gave him enough time to come up with what he was going to say yes. and so I walked back out and I walked up and I said thank you and then we talked and we ended up talking for two hours
3: oh, and then we went on that. a
1: date later mm. you know? But I was mm. open to that. I was open to that at that time. Because then later in the day, the same thing happened where I was at the beach with my son and a man walked onto the beach with just this like, incredible energy. Like you could just see it. Like he was fit. His eyes were bright. He had really great posture. You know, these are some things that I pay attention to. Mm. And I could see him checking me out, you know, in my little bikini. And he was like, I was like, this man's never going to come talk to me because he yeah. looks respectful. So yes. I made up something. This again, this is the same day. And then I was like, um, I go, I was trying to get my son to leave. I was like, we gotta go, you know, we have to leave the beach. <laughs> and I looked at this guy and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is with these kids? <laughs> so I was like, do you have kids? And he was like, Yeah, you know, and he was so sweet. And then we talked and we went out on a date later. So I so that's how I think dating needs to work. I think the women need to know that like it's usually, it's usually mm. non-respectful men. Mm. they'll come approach you because they actually don't care about boundaries. Mm. And so we have to, it's not that I want to be in my masculine and constantly be approaching men and calling them and coordinating the dates. No, it's not that, but I need to give off an obvious enough signal. Like I said, flashing my titties, which I'm not going to do, but that would work, but I need to give (laughs) off an obvious enough signal so that he knows, right. This person's available. And then And then sit back and create the space for him to make the move.
0: See, but if, see, this is the thing though, it's the push and pull. Cause if you're ever to like flash, if there, if this guy has any ounce of respect or self-respect, even though he might, you know, take you home and do like for a night, he's never marrying. He's never going to take you serious. Cause no respectful man is ever going to look at a woman doing that and be like, oh, she's, she's the utmost quality, like not happening. yeah, no. not a high value, but isn't that I interesting? I use
1: that as an example. I use that as a no, 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 like, no, no, no. way, like I would never do that. I don't recommend doing that.
0: But that's just the extreme version, in my opinion, of what a lot of women do do, where they're like, OK, well, I want to I want to show you my assets. And I'm not saying they have to do it that crazy. But they're like, well, how come I'm a, I'm, I'm, attracting this kind of man? And it's like right. you do have to sometimes take self-inventory and say, what kind of vibe am I putting out, right? Because you're saying, yo, like, I'm actually taking this guy's non-approach as probably the fact that he's respectful. Then he's actually looking at you saying, well, I'm not going to approach her unless she kind of gives me some sort of signal or in. And then they're like, you're all your interactions already started on like a respectful way, which to me is always a great way to start.
1: It's a great way to start. Yeah. And it wasn't online, which I think is preferable. You know, a little bit of awkwardness and uh, there's just there's just a lot of things online that make it a lot to overcome.
0: Mm. Kate, what have I not asked you today that you want to say anything? We went all the way around.
1: I know you, you always did. you always
0: got you always got a lot of different things to say.
1: All the things. No, I don't know. Nothing's coming to mind. Did you have any more questions about sex? Because I know that that was the uh, that was the main topic here.
0: I think sex is. um I mean, I, I I think in your world, in the female yeah. world, I mean, misconceptions or things that, hey, we should try. You know, th- I read a post the other day that says, hey, if your partner, you know, if you want to have a threesome, you know, bring a toy to the room and your partner. Um, mm-hmm. If your partner views toys as though they're not doing their job, correct them on that. That could be a red flag. What do you think of all these things? I mean, just sex, you know, like what? What's great sex? I I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I think sex is overrated. Okay. And the reason I say that is it's like that the seduction and the lead up to sex to me is my, is, is what I'm about, Mm. you know? And I love the actual act, but I'm like, Oh my God, like we're in the best moment. Like I don't want the movie to be over yet. We're just getting to that climax. I'm just trying to figure out who the villain is and what this person is. And so I'm a big storyboard person in my mind. And so I like the story. I like, and I like the, the weight, you know, when people just meet and fuck kind of thing. I'm like, that. that's never been my cup of tea, you know, for me, it's oh. just like, cause I'm brutal where if that, happened, like, I remember dating for me, I mean, I will just tell the person like, you're never getting another call from me. Like I'm done. Yeah. It just, there was something that was, and I was brutal about it. And I would be very direct to the woman. i say, look. Uh, we're not going to date, but if you want to do this, let's do it. I was extremely, extremely, um, what do you call it? Transparent to the yeah. point where women would say, I've never had a guy actually straight up tell me like, this is his intention mm. and just was so blunt about it. And right. I tell, and I used to tell all my guy friends at the time, I'm like, look, I'm not going to call myself, you know, Mr. Casanova, but I'll tell you one thing that's always been worked for me. And there's never been buyer's remorse is Be fucking honest. Be direct as you fucking can be respectfully. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes it was like, you take the most, like, my clientele I specialized in was the girl at the bar where you'd see just these little flies bouncing off her. One guy bounce off. Another guy bounce off. The girl that was just like there, not talking to anybody. And then she'd be like, who's that? That was my clientele. That was, I. oh, there we go. And I would sit back and observe. I want to see how this... This this woman's operating with other men because I want I want, you know, it, it not, not challenge as a game, but for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm coming in there. I want the best. So I I yeah. want to I want to go in there and get slaughtered. I'm willing to go in there and get slaughtered if I have to. Right. So it's about the pursuit, which is probably why in your relationship
1: now it's still it's still about. the oh. pursuit.
0: Yeah, I'm still dating my wife. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. Like we don't stop dating. We're still yeah. dating. We're still, yeah. you know, nobody can get under my skin more than my wife. She can make me lose my shit, you know, and I love it. And I'm like, the moment that stops, like, to me, that's a red flag. I'm like, okay. I want to have that passion injected.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what do you think? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you and, and, you, have-
0: and you like the pursuit. It seems like the coffee, the, the, the coffee shop. Oh, my gosh. Stanley, yeah. you're like, OK, it's been uh, 30 seconds. OK, let's go back out. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I planned. I planned the whole thing you know, I really, really wanted to talk to him. He was so cute. Um, but I love that. Like that's, that's energizing. It's, it's inspiring to me to like, to just to be in that dynamic, you know, but to answer your question, what do I think about, you know, I mean, I know you had originally started to ask about like, you know, sex toys and this and that, and I think it's the same thing. There's no shoulds Mm. It's about being authentic with like, what turns you on, you know what it is that you really want to experience, and <laughs> yeah. that edge. You know,
0: but there's a couple of things though, and I'm not. You know, listen. I I don't should is never a good word. I mean, you know, you ought to try. The moment you say should to somebody, they're already going to get defensive. It's never a good word, right? Ought to try. But one thing I think people should not do, and I'll say it straight up: this whole silent sex, you know, like quiet, you know, always in the dark. You know, like, uh, just this, like, you hear, like, the odd whimper. It's right. like, what yeah. the fuck is going on in there, right? Like, yo, yeah. what, what are we doing here? Like, to me, it's just, and maybe that's the Jamaican in me where I'm like, yo, this is some dance hall shit that's about to happen here. Like, mm-hmm. this shit's going to be a fucking party. Yes, okay, we can do the slow and do all that, but this shit by the end of it is going to be, we just did a hit workout, we got some fucking yoga in there, uh, like, you're just like, like, I'm sorry. It's gotta be a fucking experience.
1: Yes. You know, yeah. I agree. I do agree. It has to be an experience, but there are so many different flavors of experience. Sure. The main thing is that you're not in your head and you're in your body. As long as you're in your body, then it's an ex- you're experiencing it. You're 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 present for the unfolding, the experience of whatever comes through. But if you're in your head, then it usually does look like quiet nighttime, dark, you know. See, but mir- I'm talking
0: to you. I, like you don't get down like that. I already know. I don't even have to ask you that question. You you're like n- nobody's that's with you is gonna be like, oh, is everything okay? Like you no, no, like you're you're a communicator, right? But there's people out there that you're just like, yo. You're just like I don't even know. And and so I read up on it. Like this is a big thing. Is it like sex in the dark and then quiet sex? And it's like there's a lot like the psychology behind that is, I mean, it, a lot of times it's not good. I guess is what I'm trying to say. There's reasons for that. Insecurities, I say, whatever.
1: I would say a lot of times it's not good. And I and I only bring it up because I'm reading a book right now called Slow Sex: The The Art of Polynesian Lovemaking, something oh. like that. And it's really beautiful and it's just a different flavor, but it's like this showing up for the slow experience of turn on rather than like the, you know, let's go through kind of this way to get turned on. Um, Anyways, I mean, it's a really beautiful book. It's a little bit boring. So I read it at night because it's like, it's slow. I don't know, but it's, it's just another way. So my thing, and maybe it's like a feminine thing is like, I want to experience it all. Like I, I don't want to. I want to as long as it's embodied, and my partner is embodied as well. Then I want to experience everything because it's like it's like being at a candy store. You know, if you want to, you want to taste this, Mm. you want to taste that, you want to taste this, and like and having having all of the different dynamic experiences and sometimes novelty, especially with a long term partner, is like I think that's what keeps good sex going. That and especially in partnership. In long-term partnerships, not, this is, this is actually from Kim and Ami. She's a sex coach, maybe. I don't mm, think she's a therapist. Mm. Um, so I want to give, you know, reference where it's due. But she, her big thing is like, don't sweep emotional shit under the rug mm. of your relationship. Because the second, this is why it drops off, why the sexual chemistry often drops off after six months because you've swept so much under the rug that now there's actually distance between the two of you and you can't actually connect uh, sexually. And so having there be a constant intimacy emotionally and, you know, in your day to day and, and really being brutally honest about, Hey, this is, you know, respectfully, brutally honest, but brutally honest about this is really what's going on for me also helps keep that fire alive because then you want to, be close to that person Mm. or, um, you know, and this is a Joe Navarro thing. He's one of my body language teachers and he was in the, the uh, CIA or FBI or something Mm. as an indicator. I don't know which one, Uh, but he says one of the signs to look for in a relationship when it starts to go downhill, meaning then the sex would not be as good is contempt and contempt Mm. shows up like a micro expression. It has a similar look Mm. on the disgust. So the second you start feeling contempt or disgust towards your partner there's now a rift and you are not going to have good Ooh. sex with that partner.
2: Oh, and it not. looks
1: like this it's like a little it happens quick. But if you yeah. ever if you ever talk about your partner and you notice that happen, you stop and you fucking catch yourself and like bring awareness to it. What is it? Because that's disgust is a primal emotion that you don't fuck with in intimacy.
0: Yeah, the only thing I get really contempt and yeah. disgusted about in, in anything is if somebody doesn't take care of their feet. Like it really, yeah. it really fucks me up. If somebody's got some grenades for toes, like you should be ashamed of yourself. Never come within th- three feet of my orbit. I'm right. nuts on that. And I remember when I dated, you know, I would hear girls like, oh, it's winter time. Like, I'm like, I don't give a fuck if it's fucking <laughs> Yeah. My I don't care if you're in the fucking backwoods Alps. There's no excuse to have bad feet. Now, yes, you might have not been gifted with, you might have some fucked up feet that your toes are going different directions and shit. Hey, listen, that was, you know, you couldn't solve that. But if you got some dry skin and your nails are all fucked up and shit, like there's no excuse. There's no excuse. So um, I'm going to start a hashtag revolution called petty power.
1: (laughs) The the disgust can show up in things like feet, but it's more of the long-term emotional disgust, like things that they're doing where you're like, oh, it's fine,
0: I'll just... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah, 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 it's brutal.
1: Because it's subconscious and you don't know it's happening until all of a sudden you're having bad sex and then you're like, what the fuck?
0: It could be something as simple as just, you know, an everyday house item where it's like, hey, I've asked you to help me with the dishes or something. And it's like, you know, for weeks and weeks, you're just not listening to that. Those those are little small micro content moments that will start building because I feel like that sets the person up to start really picking. Because then you're just like picking at everything, right? Yeah, I mean that—that's massive. Um, last question. You're an edge. Got the base. I asked Chris Voss. I said, "Look, I'm bringing up him just because I talked to him." Uh, I said, "How do we bring value to relationship? It's a basic question, but it's kind of not. How do we truly bring value to somebody? Like, even even if, for example, somebody's got more stature, more clout than you, how to use the person that doesn't have that much?" Bring value to the person does and He's like, well, it's simple. Bring value. He says, don't tell me where my kids went to school or what my shoe size is or what my favorite color is. Try to f- ascertain if I have a problem that's happening and approach me with a plan. Mm. Not a solution. Approach me with a plan. So he gives me not. it gives me example. He's like, you know, it's just something similar. Like, yo, you got this going on. Da, 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 da. Hey, I, I actually noticed this about you. Not sure if you're aware of it, but, you know, I actually have a a suggestion for you. Would you be open to hearing it? He's like, well, who's going to say no? Like, wow. You know, you actually took the time to observe a certain problem that maybe I didn't see happening. And then actually came instead of telling me about the fucking problem, you actually told me about the problem and said, whoa, hold up, But I have a plan. He's like, that's true value. So Kate Kelly's Mm -hmm. world, how does somebody figure out what your problem is? And then how can they deliver a plan to you? Meaning. How does an edge be of the utmost value to another edge? If that edge is saying things like I'm good when asked, how are you?
1: Right. So here's, here's what I do with the, with the three friends that I have. And we all do this to each other is what, and I'll explain it in my way. I don't think they'd explain it in this way, but the way we bring value to each other is what I'm always looking for when I talk to them is I'm looking for where is there a discrepancy between their conscious mind, their thinking mind, what they're aware of, and their subconscious patterns, what they're not aware of? Mm. Because that's going to be if there's a discrepancy between those two, they are not going to be moving forward in their life in a coherent way towards what they want. They're going to be getting mixed results in their 100%. life. Yeah, hundred percent. The way that I look for that is body language, and it's really easy. And mm. so, if they're speaking about something. I'm watching it and hearing it in context and then their body language shifts or I'm mm. asking good questions to draw it out of them because that's the dynamic we've decided upon. Mm. I will call them out instantaneously and say, your words are saying this, but your subconscious is saying this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm poking at their blind spots. I'm poking but, at that.
0: Well, it's interesting because you do that though. Like I, you, I can, I, you do that. Cause I can tell when I talk to you and I bring up certain things, like your, your eyes are very emotional. Yeah. And so you can, you can see that, but your, your language is like your body, like you do a lot of flipping in and out. But I mean, the biggest thing I noticed about you, even from your TikTok videos was the way you grind your teeth. Right. Like I, yeah. I commented, I commented on that like, yeah. from day one. Cause I'm like, who the fuck is this? Girl? Whoa, that's intense. I like it. I like it. Who is this person? Right. So I, I like that one. So then, How do you you just approach him and basically say I'm calling your bluff to your friends? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I might not use those words, but I'll say, like, here's here's what you're saying, but your subconscious is doing something different.
0: Okay, but give me an idea, give me an exact idea of how you start that sentence off. Meaning, how do you start that off with not triggering them being defensive?
1: We we never get defensive
0: Uh, because
1: this is like the circle of friends. I wouldn't be friends with somebody, but that's
0: all Okay, but that's also because you have a pre-existing relationship.
1: We have a pre-existing relationship.
0: Let Let's talk a a, a motherfucking stranger. You got right, no pre. You got no. You got. You got no pre-existing street cred with this person. This person is right. looking at you like, who the fuck are you to tell me anything?
1: Male or female?
0: Ooh, ooh, that's good. I'll have oh, I have different things for both. Ooh, ooh, okay. Let, uh, let's go. Fe- let's go, female. I mean, I I serve females a lot. I mean, I I try to. I mean maybe you know I should ask you that too ask my wife ask people that I think do have a good because I I do wonder why 75 percent of my client base mm. and this isn't even on just coaching this is on my corporate clients are female interesting like even my audience is so ridiculously female mm. um, and I don't like I'm I'm a little I, I mean I'm not for everybody and I take value knowing that because I, I do a lot of keynotes and stuff like that and i remember i'd get on stage whether it's 50 people or i think i spoke as much as 10,000 people on a stage and i would say i have one goal by the end of this talk and they're like what is it and i never ever say hi my name's ryan fuck that that's the worst way to start start with something fucking like crazy i'm like i have one goal for the end of my talk today kind of like a ted talk right i'm like i want 50 percent of you motherfuckers to hate me by the end of this I want to evoke negativity because it's going to, their, their mind, I feel, is going to respond to that hate. And then I'm like, I want, but I want 50% of you to love me. And then I would ask a question. I say, I, I always say, I'm like, what do you think is the worst thing I could do here today? So people would be like, kind of like, you know, I don't know. Cause it's at the beginning of your talk, right? Everybody's oh, don't pick me. You know, I don't like class, right? Oh, don't pick me. Right. And I'd say, the worst thing I could do today is leave this talk and leave no impression on you if you don't remember me i fucked up yeah so i know that i'm very polarizing to a degree because i i don't sit on the fence and i never want to sit on the fucking fence fence Mm -hmm. sitters don't make impact fence sitters are just people that kind of got scared to get in the game so that's kind of my question is why do you think i would attract more females do you read into that or do you think i have no clue
1: Uh um I would imagine you attract more females probably just because, and it's probably something similar to me as well. Cause most of my clients are men mm. I don't attract as many females. You're probably intimidating to men.
3: Mm. I
1: know that mm. like when I'm around females, they're there. I don't know if it's intimidation or if it's like, there's just some flavor of, they get nervous. They're not sure. I mean, I've had them say that to me before I've had even clients be like, you know, I was nervous to reach out because I because I view you as this like mm. this woman that just has all of these womanly like things. And I want to be like you. And it can be a very um,
0: it can be an uncomfortable position to be in. Hey, I view you as my edge. I view you as my edge. I have a soft spot for you. You're one of my favorite people I've ever talked to. I've done oh. 209 episodes now. I think I've talked to 160 different people. Right? right. And only three have been back on my show twice. And you're wow. one of them. Wow. Whoa. Stats Damn. don't lie. Anyways, finish, finish, finish. Sorry. I'm interrupting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's what it is, is I think that you embody a confidence. You're probably more approachable for women to work with than for men to work with, because like mm. we were talking about the hierarchy of the mm-hmm. nervous system um for a woman to to follow in pursuit of like you know you're coaching them in this and and whatever it probably feels more comfortable than for a man to come in and have to be
0: yeah it's yeah well there i mean is that is that going on the place of ego i mean well i mean there's egos in everything i think but right yeah you know insecurity ego um I uh, like I think I was raised by a single mom and I'll I'll always stand by it cuz most of my friends growing up were were females and I always would just like I never ever grew up as a guy objectifying a female like never yeah. I just always looked at them as humans and I, unfortunately not all people do that like it's you know now I think the world's coming a long way but let's be honest like right you can't just it's you got to talk like <laughs> Right. I don't know that we've came. I don't know that we've came uh, further in any ways sometimes. Right. Um, But we should. But yes. How do you approach that if it's a male or a female? So you're saying there's a difference. So let's go females.
1: So so there's a difference. So in it let me tell you this because it's I customize it because I'm so trained in body language and micro expressions and in reading people and watching people and even in human profiling so based off of what they're wearing. I mean I get a complete picture within 5 seconds.
0: Mm. And then
1: naked. I will alter how I know. I feel naked. Oh. I saw I naked no.
0: when you said that, oh.
1: yeah. Yeah. which is why I don't say it to people. So one no, of, one of the guys that I, that I met at the the beach at the other day, he was like, Oh, what's your Instagram? And I'm like, fuck, not because I, I'm not proud of my work, but because people don't people, it's hard not to feel exposed when you know that I can do this.
3: Mm. It's
1: outside of a therapeutic setting, and so anyway, so I get a pretty complete picture, and then I will alter depending on my, what I want my outcome to be. Which mm. is always, at least as far as I can take it, I always want the outcome to be for the the greater good of all, and for this person's highest being. Because mm. you people that have this information can use it for manipulation. Hundred
0: percent, hundred percent.
1: But if I'm using it for this person to have an experience of of themselves, of truth, of who they really are, to up level, then that's then that's not manipulation. That's a really beautiful thing. Um, But generally, you know, I'm going to use this example because you said the fence, like I want to be polarizing and I want to be on the fence. And that's that's one way to do it. And it's a useful way. And my way I want to
0: be I want to be off the fence. I want to be polarizing off the fence. Yeah, I'm off the fence.
1: You want to be off the fence, right? You don't want to be yes. on the fence. Be off the fence.
0: Yeah.
1: I will I will seduce the fence and cut and cut a little hole in it and make it very beautiful and then crawl into the fence and they will accept it and love it because it feels so good, because I'm mirroring mm. back themselves. And then once I'm as deep as I can get into them, then I will call them out, but I will sandwich mm. it with love and so that the transformation feels good.
0: so you don't you don't don't like infamy you're not an infamy person what's infamy well it's interesting because i i again going to chris voss i I, it's just something he said that really stood out because i was just like wow because he's like you know right i'm not a person of infamy so he's like i don't really i could say a lot of different things i could probably give more content on my social i could get all the likes and the followers out there but he's like i have no no, no desire for infamy. Infamy is always people that are like, you know, you look at like a Tupac or you look at like a, like a, like a Picasso, like people that I feel like they did really great work, but they, you know, there's, there's that level of darkness and then there's that level of light. And some of them just, I don't think all of them, I think some, yeah, I think they weaponized, you know, malicious reasons. Right. And then others, they're just very aura pissed people off but you know when you're you kind of piss people off like it's true right like the saying goes you're never gonna meet a hater that's doing better than you right so it's like if you really piss somebody off why would that person continue to follow you but never like your stuff right like why why do you think yeah well but what but it happens all the time
1: right Right.
3: it does happen if
0: you if i really anger you and i make you feel so terrible why would you continue to follow my stuff Right. But intentionally never like it. Like somebody, you meet people, I meet people people all the time. You'll run and see your stuff all the time. Like, I don't think I've ever seen this name. Right? And I always like people because it's like I tell people on social media too, if you really want to have like a little bit of a social experiment, look at who likes your posts and look at who views your stories. It's Mm -hmm. incredible. You will have people view your stories Mm -hmm. over and over. They'll never like it. They'll never like the post, but they are watching. Yeah. So either they're sick, twisted, where they like that feeling of pain that's coming to them because you you represent everything they want to be, but they're just not taking yeah. action for that. Or they sincerely just really actually love you, but mm-hmm. maybe their own ego stopping them from just reaching out and saying, yo, I'm a fan.
1: Yeah, I, it's probably all of those. And I think the people that – like that flavor of pain, what they're really, they're accessing probably a true, yeah, they're accessing a true part of them, but from a very low vibrational emotion via jealousy. Because jealousy, I mean, I I think all of the emotions are fantastic, like even jealousy. Mm. I'll grind my teeth because love yeah. jealousy because all that it is, is it's an aspect of you that's being reflected back to you that you deeply and inherently want and desire, but that you have limiting beliefs, keeping you from getting there. So what useful information do not breathe through jealousy. Do not breathe through anger. Do not breathe through you know, loneliness and grief and try to like, Ohm and meditate to get it the fuck out. There's information in that. And especially in jealousy. And if you can harness that level of pain and up level it to its light side counterpart, then you're, you're really moving forward in life because you're accessing deeper realms of truth inside of well, you. Je-
0: but jealousy is very aspirational, right? Yeah. Right because, because I think, when
1: i get jealous of somebody
0: yeah because think of some think think of somebody where they're, they're like dangerous people patrick B. david says this all the time it's true he's like the worst people on the planet are lazy ambitious people they're deadly Ooh, yeah. lazy ambitious right because what are they trying to do they're trying to look for that shortcut they'll yeah. step on your back in two seconds to get to that next level right, right? Now, at the end, their their demise is always going to come like the end is always going to be bad for those kind of people. We already Mm -hmm. know that. Karma never forgets an address. It'll be like, whoop whoop, this is the sound of the police. Right. But then. Right. You come all the way back. And but lazy, ambitious people, which when you think of jealousy as aspirational, jealousy can turn into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And all of the emotions can depression can turn into its counterpart anger yeah. can turn into its counterpart sadness fear anxiety they can all turn into its counterpart so we don't you never want to throw any of them out but yeah jealousy jealousy is just such a straightforward one it's like Ooh. it's yeah it's it's extremely aspirational it can it's such a motivator that you can draw upon
0: yeah so Kate how do we so then okay so that's how you approach the the females that's right.
1: Okay. So that. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, again, it's <laughs> it's
0: a yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um. Okay. Like, so with men, I will typically I will build enough of a rapport with them first, yeah. Yeah. and I will usually turn on a subtle amount of sex energy, and I'll usually touch them on the shoulder a couple of times because it boosts. <laughs> Look
0: at you, eh? Look at can you. I, can
1: I tell you something? This is. I mean, this is like this is what I did. The guy at the coffee shop. Now I just wanted to like hang out with him, really, which was like not not like a huge feat of mine. Um, but something that I did early on in order to really build that rapport was like I was talking, we were talking about the coffee. And I was like, Oh, you know, Phil's coffee has this secret menu and there's this one and it's so good and it's da-da-da. And he's like, Well, what is it? And I was like, Well, here, smell it. And he's like, Oh my god, that smells so good.
0: Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you.
1: But you want, you know what I had him do? Cause it was just outside of his comfort zone. We had just met five minutes prior. I was like, taste it. It mm-hmm. builds instant rapport. I, I I asked him to watch my valuable things. I left my computer out. So I've already given him trust. Now yes. there's, a rapport. there's rapport. I was pretending to pee and there was rapport building. And then I come back and I had him cause he couldn't say no to me. I had him drink my coffee out of my cup.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. You know what that is though? That's a complete form of intimacy right there. Like it, the <laughs> moment you start saying taste, I'm sorry. Like so like indirectly, that's that's seduction. You're seducing at that point.
1: It's total seduction, but I I play in it. But like so, in an interaction where I need to tell a stranger something that they don't want to hear, mm. I soften it to the degree necessary, um, so that they can hear it. And that's why I don't be polarizing. And no, I don't think one way is is worse or better than the other. I think that they're both useful. And sometimes I will be polarizing when necessary, but I will usually watch them enough and I will soften it enough and say it in a way so that the seed is planted. Um,
0: If women, and you've commented on this though, really quick, because now I think about it because you said touching on the shoulder. If, if, if women touch you on the shoulder and you're a man, whether you're single or married, this to me is huge. Yeah. The moment there's any kind of touch, because yeah. I'm sorry, like it's to me, it's like the no go zone. Like if you're not, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't even know what my question is. It's just that I think about interactions and you're like, you have, I mean, I've had interactions and, and again, right. I'm married and proud about that. That's why I put it on my social media. I'm not one of these people that you're like, because you see a lot of people on social media. You're like, you're married, you yeah. have kids. Like, I'm mm-hmm. very proud of that. But you'll see I, I've been in like just casual scenarios where I'm I'm literally creating space. Like a woman's coming, like and I'm actually retracting. Like right. and I'm just like, what is like, yeah, so and it's subtle, like uh yeah, yeah, Ryan, I really love that. Or like I'm, I'm like, whoa, what, 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 what? Hey, hey, you know that I find that interesting, but I feel like some of it, yes, it's weaponized. Bad intention. I'm like, oh, stay away, stay away. This is bad. But there are some that are so subconscious that I don't think they realize they're doing it.
1: I think most of the time it is subconscious.
3: Yeah.
1: You kind of tell. But women, even if it's subconscious, women will never touch a man unless there's some kind of attraction.
0: So you think, hey, if that woman's touching you, I don't give a shit what scenario it is. There's an attraction. Yeah, a woman would never. Like a scale scale of 100% on this. Like 100%. 95%, 100% also. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Let's okay. This is really good for the dudes out there. there. This is good for the dudes out there. So then if that happens and you're in that situation as a dude and you're married, what, what's your advice?
1: To mirror it back to them.
0: Ooh, that's at, good. At the same level. Well, it depends what you want the outcome to be. No, right? but I'm while well, assuming, well, you're not, you're not a cheater. You don't want to be a asleep. Oh, band. well, no, no I'm, it, say, I'm it, saying if the dude, I'm saying if the dude's married in a relationship and the uh, woman's doing that to him, right? Because I'm I saying thought if that he
1: was, if he was single
2: oh, and no, 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 no.
0: because I, because this is what I was saying that I've I've experienced that when somebody's like, yeah, I know, Ryan, I, I know he's in a marriage, and everything. And the woman is still, you know, hey, Ryan, or oh, I like that. Or it's just so subtle. Like I had the the one like come up and grab uh, the arm the one time. And it was it was really weird because my wife points it out when it happens. As a yeah. dude, you're right. Sometimes it's not even reg- I don't even register it. Right. right? But there was like, you know, some people at like in my son's school, like teachers were like, Oh, Ryan, right, you know, like and my wife's standing, they're like, What? And she's like, Did you see what she just did? I'm like, like, what, what, what? I'm like, I'm like, she's 20 years older than me. She's like, I don't give a shit if she's a fucking pope. Yo, no, like and women is- pick that shit up hardcore.
1: Uh, I know. Oh, I love that your wife said that because I have um I like uh, there's a certain flavor of like possessiveness in a relationship that I think is like Yes. High. I often think it, of possessive as like bad or ownership is bad but yeah, like something
0: no like, yeah I, I'm I'm with you on that possible. I I, I no? think if I, I think there should be a level of claim um uh put on your partner you know like for me I'm like well yeah I'm not going to be this insecure crazy person but it's like if some guy was like out and we're there and it's like you're just going to come up and put your arm around like my honey bunny I'm like uh Cause I would never do that to some other man's girl. Like that's just an unwritten rule. Like, it's like, yo, no problem. Like I'll, I'll do the back tap. Like, Hey, nice to meet you. Kate. Like, Hey, what's up dude. Like, you know, well, nice to meet you. Like, but it, you know, like, Hey, it's all neutral. I call it the back tap where I don't even get fully close. I kind of do the over the girl, like where I'm like, Oh, you, that's your wife. Oh, nice to meet you. Cause some women hug, right. A lot of women I, hug I find. Yes. So I'll do yeah. like the, I'll like do the reach. i like, Oh, nice to meet you. It's like the back tap.
1: Oh, I see. I love it. That's so
0: good. <laughs> you know, and that or if I just want to be a shithead to the person, I don't like the dude. I'm like, yo, oh, hey, you smell amazing today. Listen, did you do something different with your hair? <laughs> like, come on, yeah. tell me. <laughs> Funny. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, and even just this conversation, like body language has so much to do with communication. And it's dude. you don't trained in it, but we're all subconsciously watching it all the fucking
0: time i love it kate we've talked too long it's been long okay tell us tell us what you got going on um and what's what's going on in the future of kate here what are we doing What, what what's right. the where, where are we seeing kate at the future well so
1: right now i'm working on i think you've probably seen on my social media like where i shake and i look like i'm having an exorcism have you seen that
0: i have i have yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have
1: so this is the number one thing that you can do to get out of your head and to be in your body because trauma and stuck emotions live in the body. you got to get that shit out of your body. You cannot hmm. go to a therapist and talk about it and loop around the story of what happened. The programs will still exist in your body. So the quickest, cheapest, fastest, no therapist needed instantaneous on command, always available to you because it's in your body way to release that is via this method that I mean, I want to say I stumbled across it. I obviously didn't invent it because it's a part of the mammalian body, but I stumbled mm-hmm. across it and I practice it often. It started showing up um, when I would go into hypnosis and then it showed up after like hours of lovemaking with a partner and it showed up with mm-hmm. breathwork and it showed up with, and, it, and I would just kind of roll with it anyways. I am teaching that method because I've had many, many people reach out to me and be like, well, fuck, like, I want to know how you do that because I've had this trauma. I've had these emotions. I've been stuck in my life, you know, lodged in my body, whatever for so long. I want to be able to completely overcome it, completely put it behind me. So that is in the very near future that I will be teaching how to flip that switch. It's just a mammalian switch inside of you that once it's flipped, it's on, you never have to purchase anything ever again. It's just there. And it's available to you like I said anytime day or night it's a part of your body nothing else is required it's immediate so that is in the near future and yeah that's basically what I'm working on right now
0: so what are you doing with your brand like what do you what's the goal of your brand like you have your tiktok going you got your instagram going what's the goal like you gonna have a podcast one day or a show one day or I have any of that
1: I do. I do. I do. And this is part of like the balance, you know, with the kids as it's like, I have to pick, I want to pick one thing, probably YouTube and podcasting to yeah. going on that. Um, I'll continue to post on social media and I'd actually really like to get bigger with face reading because I think it's mm. powerful and it's, it's also really, really fun. And
0: so I just think the stuff that you do, especially as a revenue stream, cause I talked to you about this before, Cause yeah. we, we do the podcast production. Cause we, we have a phenomenal, we have, I have a good little list of, 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 female clientele, everything from real estate developer to health is that they're putting so much energy into their social, you know, TikTok and all that. And I'm like, well, YouTube is the gift that keeps on giving. Cause you can, right. you know, uh, generate revenue. Um, but then it's also basically just a hello business card of value um, to yeah. bring on new clients and stuff. So when I look at you and I'm like, you have the potential to, I mean, my God, you know, Mel Robbins, what's up? You know, what like that? you're doing, you're different. You're different. Right. So I'm like, you got to double down on, on your brand. You really got to push, push it out. Cause I want to see you do some, some big things. And I think, I think what makes you really separate though, to be honest is your delivery. I mean, you're coming at it. Like you caught my attention. Like I scroll, stop. I told you that the last time we talked and I'm like, what the fuck, you know, grinding your teeth and you got a certain, je ne sais quoi you know thank you
1: yes definitely doubling down on the brand that will be that will be happening i find it hard
0: you find it hard to receive compliments
1: no i love compliments yeah
0: your eyes get deep though when you kind of hear that like you see your i I find like your eye your eyes will get that i think you grind with your eyes too though same thing you do with your teeth i I swear to god you do that with your eyes the sternness that comes
1: People do that with their eyes. I do that with my eyes when I'm when I'm processing information and I'm yeah. wanting to. Um, I'm very like you know how I have my my little circle of people. I'm mm-hmm. very uh, what's the word? Not limited. I'm very um, protected, guarded, active. Yeah, but there's some word that I can't find right now. Discerning. There it is. I'm very discerning about the information that I allow to come into like my body. Hundred percent. Yes. Because people have noticed that before. That's what you see in my eyes. When I when I get serious is I'm I'm allowing some of the information to enter me and then I'm processing what I want to take with me and what I don't want to take with me.
0: I think that's I mean, I think that's great. I think that I think. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I do that, too. And I do have to be honest with myself. I think sometimes when I do that, there's times when I'm like, nope, I'm not renting out space for free in my head right now. I'm already full. Uh, no vacancies. Then other times I'm, uh, I guess, resistive a little bit only because I'm pissed off because I know I should be doing that. And mm. I'm just not doing that for whatever reasons. I'm a realist with myself. And I'm like, I really try not to bullshit myself, even though I think we all do that. I'm not exempt from that either, um, which is why I have my show. Like, I like to tell people, I started the show because I really wanted to fail publicly. I wanted to show people all my uh, failure and all my... Um, you know, cause it's like this show, you know, top 1% in the world already will be at the top. But I, I like to know that five, 10 years from now, not only do my kids get to watch their, their dad chop it up with some of the best minds in the world forever, Um, mm. I get to go back and say, I've actually documented this journey so you can not make the excuse of like, Oh, you know, you just kind of got there. It's like, no, no, we started at one and we built just like everybody else. I love it. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Kate, Kate, uh, where do people find you? Kate Callie, Kate Callie.com? Like, what is it? Come on now.
1: All the things Kate Callie.com, Kate on Instagram, Kate Callie on TikTok. Um, I have, I do have a podcast. You can search Kate Callie or search Rewired and Inspired. I have okay. a free hypnosis out there. I have the yep. free bot language class, which is phenomenal. And then I also have a free Masterclass for men for men to really get into their drive, get out of their head, become fucking, like make me wet in my panties, hot. There you go. It's (laughs) about and it is about connecting to yourself. So it's a process that many, many Mm -hmm. men go through. So I have all of that. If the links are everywhere, just click, you know, the links in my bios on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or wherever you find. We will
0: add, we will add all that into the show Mm -hmm. notes. And listen, whether you're a Whether you're an edge or a base and you've been listening to this show today, if it has not provoked you to truly uh, upgrade your life personally and professionally and realize that you're a one-on-one and a savage servant, then I don't know what else to tell you. But uh, Kate Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Like, subscribe, and uh, check out Kate in all places. All her links will be uh, detailed in the show notes. Uh, We love you all. Team Holtz loves you. And remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. We're so glad you enjoyed this episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Please don't forget to smash that five-star review as Team Holtz will love you for it. Also, say hi to Ryan anywhere on social media using the handle at RyanHoltz1. That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-L-T-Z, the number one. And if you or your business is looking to expand your brand, book a Brand Jam with Ryan using the link in the show notes.